0: mm <laughs> brother We are now in chapter 10 of the Gospel of Luke. I read and then pause at specific verses and give comments. Verse 10, chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed the seventy also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself will come. Now, the Lord sent them two and two. There is a reason why the Lord the disciples have two by two at the amount of two witnesses. You say, can somebody go just by himself? Yes, you can go by yourself. But in the Israel, at the amount of two witnesses is when everything should be established. So two or three is what he said. If somebody is coming to witness about a crime, they need the voice of two people. Then they will accept this as a good witness evidence. So that is why the Lord send them two by two, not just for partnership or be a companion. But you send them two by two, and that's the amount of two people everyone should be established. So that is very important. But you can go. When I started preaching, I was I was going by myself until I begin to get some people that want to follow me. And very soon I have three people in my flock. I will go every evening, every Saturday, every every Saturday I will go out. In the evening most of the i drive all by myself to a village. Most of the time to a village when I'm going after work in Nigeria in those days, 79 or drip in the Jeep. But see if I have to wait for one more person, I most of will not be able to get to where I'm going within five to seven PM when I want to go and preach. So but I can go by yourself because I'll using a megaphone. But in the on Saturdays, one of the brethren will want to go with me and we we'll drive further, further away from the, from the town to another town and preach and come back. But God said, did not send them out two by two because at the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. Verse 2 of chapter 10. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves carry neither post nor script nor shoes and salute no man by the way and into whatsoever house ye enter for say peace be to this house. Now before I continue there, he says, salute no man by the way. Why does he not say that? He was sending them to a particular town. If you keep stopping stop and saluting stop stop some people, you won't get to where you are going. It's more like saying that city is where you are going, go there directly and don't stop on the way to, to interact with other people. That may delay you from getting to your destination on time. So That's the purpose of that. But he said, he sent you like lambs among wolves. What are the wolves? There are many people that won't believe and they will debate you, they will argue with you, they may even want to persecute because they don't want to believe that this man is the Messiah. But you have to be as lambs among them. He said, be wise as serpent though. If they want to throw stones, be around. So he doesn't say you should let them throw, throw you. Because he said that's another place. When the persecutor in one city, you should run to another city. And you have to keep your eyes open also for that. He said, When you get to a house, say peace be to this house. Verse 6. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. Peace is a spirit, it's tomorrow. To say. If you say peace be unto this house, if the man, man of peace are there, the spirit of peace will come upon this house. And if they are not, if they are not going to welcome peace, the peace, will come back and stay with you that are declaring peace. Verse 7. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Now in verse 7 there, it's only more like dealing with the nation's strength. The people that are already knowing the gospel, they are already knowing about God. So it's easy for them to go to a house and go to town a town and I mean, doing that, go to your house, they welcome you. You are preaching about the Messiah and so on. They know about the Messiah, they will welcome you. So that was the, the tone of instruction here. But when they were, when the logical after the, after the logical was going to the cross, he changed the presentation of sending them out. He said, now, if you have a purse, go get it. If you have no, no sword, go sell your garment and buy a salt." It's not talking of physical sword, really. The so is like the word of God. In short, it's saying that you guys are now going to be going not only to the Israelites that know about God of heaven, they know about Jehovah, and they normally will welcome you. They are expected to welcome you because you are preaching Jehovah. But you are now going to the world, so it's not going to be a warfare. That's why it's saying that it's not a warfare. You better dress up like a soldier and you're going to fund it yourself. Don't think you are going to go to a gentile who does not know about your God and just not continue and say, I need to stay with you guys. I come to preach, You say, preach what? He's saying, now you are going on your own. You are going to be, I'll be in the background following you, but take your sword with you. That's your, your money, your, 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 the Bible. He said, here, he said, don't do, take any scroll. Don't take it. But now you are going to go get your scrolls. In church, you are going to fund it. That's what the Lord was saying when he was about to go to the cross. So it's a change of, of, uh, of instruction. Here when he was just sending them to the, to the cities of Israel, he said that you stay in one house, drinking whatever they give to you, and go, go from house to house, and to whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you. Each such things as I said before you, verse 9 said, and heal the sick that are therein, say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Now that is the, the message they are preaching there was, the kingdom of God is come nigh. What does that mean? It says it's coming near because when you heal the sick, you are bringing the kingdom of God to bear. When you make the lame to work, you are bringing the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, there's no sickness, no disease there. So it's the kingdom of God that you are applying. That's why it's coming near right now, get into it to be part of the kingdom. And say, where is the kingdom? Where is that kingdom? It's going to start within you, within us. Holy Spirit coming to come upon us is the beginning of the kingdom of God in us. Everyone that believes in Christ, after he resurrected, is not filled there with the Holy Spirit, with, them, with the kingdom of God is within us. So when he was telling them that he's coming near, he's coming near, if they get in, they are ready for that Holy Spirit to come and come upon them. That is why he said, Tell them that the kingdom of God is near unto you. And demonstrate it by healing the sick, because that is the power of the kingdom of God. But still said, But into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you not, go your ways out into the streets of the same, and say, even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Nevertheless or notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come now unto you. They keep telling them that the kingdom of God is near here. He has come near, even though they did not receive it, but he's come near. That means the time is here for the kingdom of God to begin to rule in the house of men. That's what he's come near means. And if they search out to receive it, it will be in them when Christ resurrected. Verse twelve. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. That city that does not receive them. Verse thirteen. Woe unto the Chorazin! Woe unto the Bethsaida! For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon and the judgment than for you. Now, what judgment was not talking about is judgment of that city, because remember what happened to most of those cities after about 40 years, later, 70 A.D. All those places were destroyed. All those towns and cities of a, of, a, of a Judea were destroyed, and Galilee, and the low Palestine became desolate as the Roman Empire destroyed them when the Jews revolted. That was the judgment of the of that place. And the Lord was using that and said, it will be more terrible for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for these cities that did not not repent when he preached to them. And it will be more terrible for Tyre and Sidon, which was another country apart from Israel, than for these cities. Verse 5 says, and thou Capernaum, Capernaum was the base where Jesus Christ was based after he left Nazareth, he came to Capernaum, was more or less his base and he did so many more miracles, that was the place where he cast out the devil, in the synagogue, that the whole city bringing their sick to him. But the Bible says they didn't repent. Even though that first wave of miracles happened in Capernaum, he said, but the whole city should have repented more than just few people bringing their sick. Because there is he is condemning California. He said, Thou Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, what do you mean by exalted to heaven? When the God of heaven is living among them, that's exalted to heaven. He shall be thrust down to hell. Verse 16. He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despised you, despised me. And he that despised me, despised him that sent me. Now, that was the end of that instruction to the 70. Verse 17 said, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. As they went about preaching, they were casting the devils out and saying, The devils are subject unto us through thy name, in the name of Jesus. And that is how it should be up to them. Verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I mean, I saw Satan fall from heaven. Verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Now, that is the authority Christ has given to us as believers which we must quote and confess it and believe it, that he has given us the authority over the powers of the devil. He said, nothing shall by any means hurt us. That is, the devil may try to hurt, but he shall not be able to hurt us. Why? Because the power of the no Almighty God above the power of the devil. The devil is bound. He shouldn't be hurting us. Verse 20. And the continues, he said, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And that to be the great joy that which we have. That we are working for the kingdom. We are part of the kingdom of God. We are, we are servants of the Messiah, and our names are written. Angels are saying, "Well, these are the first, the first followers." As their names are written, they will. They that you make you rejoice, because they, it's a great honor. You'll be serving the Almighty God, like the heavens and their. Thank you, Jesus. It's a great honor. Verse twenty, I say, if you are working for the president of this country you say you are very important also. If you are working in the White House in America, you will be like you have a very important family. What about working for the king of the universe? And he knows you, and he can come to your house and talk to you, wow, the king of the universe, not the president of one country, or not the king of one, or an Uber. in Africa, and you have some kings of small small towns. If that came to you, the king knows you and comes to talk to you, he will say, "Well, you are an important person. How about the King of the universe come to you? That's what we are. We are sons of the Most High God. It's a, a, a great honor. And that's why the Lord said, Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The angels know you. Even some devils know you, us. That's why they told Apostle Paul in the Council of Apostle Paul that we know Paul because he's casting the devils and we know even Jesus. Who are you guys that don't follow them? So when we follow Christ, say we are to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. Verse 21. I'm reading the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Now I'm in verse 21. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Yes, God has revealed all these things to we little babes. I'm nobody. No netting say when you have a master's degree in engineering, that's no nothing. I'm nobody. And God is revealing some of these mysteries to we are nobodies. I was thinking about that. Who knows you from the country? You come from nobody. Who knows you in America? Nobody. And We are the servants of the Most High God, and that is how the Lord lives. He said that, "Oh Father, you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent. Those who are, as you are seen on television or the newscasters, they are the men of the world. On CNN, they are the men of the world. By being on CNN, the whole nations of the world are knowing them. And we are nobodies." That yes, everyone knows us. That is why we say, that's why the Lord just said, Oh Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes like me. Even so, Father, so for so it seemed good in thy sight. Look at the apostle Peter, James, and they are fishermen. Who come with fishermen? Professional men who don't think it's just for, for what you call it. Some people don't take it as a real profession. Nothing. But those are the people Christ called, and their names are inscribed in heaven for eternity. Babes. Christ called them babes. And that's how the Father knew his So you that are wise and prudent, think you are big and great, you better come to Christ and be humble, or you'll be found yourself in the lake of fire with those who are proud. Verse 22 says, All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is, but the Father. And who the Father is, but the Son. And he to whom the Son will reveal him. The Lord Jesus Christ is one that has revealed who the Father God is. And he has revealed to us that the Son of God is God manifested in the flesh. God manifested. He said, in him dwelling the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You see that in the Gospel of, in the letters of Apostle Paul in Colossians. So the Lord has revealed who the Father is to us. And I believe that Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh. Verse 23. He said, I am my Father, I want also. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are, your, are the eyes we see the things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have decided to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things we hear and have not heard them. What do you mean by many prophets and kings? There are kings that were searching and they were being told by their prophets that God will visit the earth. God will become a woman man and walk among us. Oh, they would like to be there to see him also. That's what it meant. Many prophets and kings, they desire to see those things which he see. But see only the uh, future men were seeing it and believing it. While those high priests and chief priests of that generation, they saw it, they didn't want to believe it. And the Lord was telling the apostles and the disciples that blessed are your eyes that see these things that you are seeing. Kings and prophets of, of, of ages, they heard the prophecy that God is going to visit the earth and be born like a human being. What? God Almighty, yes. And do things a wonder and go back to heaven. They would like to be there to, to witness it. Also. That's why I say they want to be there. They desire to see it, but they didn't see it. They desire to hear him speak. God, the, 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 the creator of wisdom, is working upon that. Well, what wisdom they would like to hear? Solomon has some wisdom. They have everybody around to... Jerusalem to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Wow. Telling them things that is, that is mystery. He was telling them things about under the sea that nobody knew about. And they were hearing him that he, he, he knew something. This guy said, greater than Solomon is here. A woman means he will recognize it. And the Lord is hiding himself in mystery. Verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus Christ said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And the Lord Jesus Christ answered him with the parable. And Jesus answered said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his gravement and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, and pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host as the innkeeper. And said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Now, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the man said, He that should mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. So, the Lord, this is this parable of the, what you all call the good Samaritan. Don't give that parable that anyone that you can help is your neighbor that you have the capacity to help, that's your neighbor. Where you say, well, these are black people, I don't want to, i um, white. It's your neighbor if you can help him. Or this of this tribe, we are of this tribe. It's your neighbor, you can help him. Because the Samaritan, Jesus can use the word Samaritan there to show how the Jews and the Samaritans how they treat one another. And you say from go he's going from a place to another place, only a Jew will going from there to there. There's a certain man went from Jerusalem to Jericho. He has to be a Jew, also. Jerusalem is where most of the Jews are living. He's going to all Jericho and he was falling to the midst of this. A Jew should be the one to help him. A Levite is a Jew, serving God. A priest is a Jew, serving God, but they avoided trouble and didn't help him. But the Samaritan that these Jews didn't count Samaritans as anybody. They Samaritan said we are half, half Jews. They, they, they are outcasts, so to speak. They, they used the word the Samaritan that came to help. I say that is a neighbor and that we say that is how a neighbor should be whether, he, whether he it's of your tribe or not your tribe. If you can help, that's your neighbor. So that's why I use tribalism that is going on in many parts of the world or racism. It shouldn't be in the church of the God. We should all love one another and walk in love. And this is love, compassion. It's love. That's what Jesus was teaching through this Samaritan story, compassion. For anybody that you can help. Now, verse is. now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, does thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? It her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, "Matter, matter." thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Now, that is uh, how Luke summarizes it. it only, I think it was only Luke that you see this uh, evidence of not telling matter that Mary has chosen the, the right one. But does that mean that you shouldn't uh, be hospitable and I can't? saying that maybe after he said that, he more let like tapped Mary on the back. Mary went to help. Because when they were trying to serve, they were not just serving Jesus, they're serving the twelve our disciples. Because he came with all the disciples, and if this woman is going to serve all the twelve, she needed more help than just herself doing nothing. So she came to help, asked for Mary to come along and help. And she asked to ask permission from the judge boy. She was talking back and forth to Mary that was sitting down listening. So that's why he, she came and asked. But the Lord said, Well, that's really the most important thing is here in the, eating the bread of life. The food, God can create food, God can multiply food here. But in there, I believe that the Lord must have just stopped Mary, and Mary would have gone to quickly help because 12 people needed to, to be served. And that's really what, serving the place, what actually, they are talking about, serving the place, serving the water, and so on and so forth. So, but that was what the Lord Jesus Christ said. And that what was said was reported. Whether he beckoned to me with a hand, we don't know, but I just assume that the Lord beckoned beckon to me with a hand for help. Praise, God. this is the end of chapter ten of the Gospel of Luke, We I continue in the next chapter. God bless you. Amen.